Hello and welcome to another edition of the Short Side Option Podcast. I'm Chris Sork alongside Dilu, and we look back as the Wildcats go on the road to Starkville, Mississippi, and come away with a 31-24 victory over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. A memorable win, uh, the first road win of the Chris Kleiman era, and uh, K-State's 3-0 here as they take a bye week going into their conference opener next week on the road against Oklahoma State in Stillwater, Oklahoma, a 6.30 kickoff uh, in that one. Uh, now I'm going to bring in Dilu. Uh, we won't get to the Oklahoma State game uh, right here on the short side option. We'll save that for next week. But uh, we will review uh, this uh, Mississippi State game, and that, that's why I bring in Dilu here to my left. Uh, Dilu, how, how are we doing this fine? Fine Wednesday evening. Oh, I'm doing very very nice tonight, Icon. It's uh, you look terrific. Well, thanks. I I uh, feel well rested after uh, that game on Saturday. It was an exciting game and a enormous win uh, for Chris Kleiman and uh, the K State program. It's kind of in a transition period right now, but so far I, I don't think K State fans could have imagined it going as well as it has so far. Yeah, obviously. Uh, K-State got off to a great start in this game. Um, but I want to go back to your original comment there about how I don't think K-State fans could have uh, scripted it any better, and I think that's I think that's dead on. First three games are, you know, a dream scenario for how Chris Kleiman probably envisioned his start at, at K-State. Absolutely. I mean, we saw two – dominant performances to open up the season against Nichols and Bowling Green. And I think fans were feeling very pleased with those results. But last week was kind of a chance for us, as we talked about, an opportunity for K-State to figure out, okay, just how good are we this year? Is this Were these smoke and mirrors the first two games? Is this just a product of K-State's offense and just overpowering inferior opponents? Um, and you, you kind of wondered, okay, how is this going to stack up against a legitimate Power 5 opponent, especially on the road? And I think what we saw on Saturday is about as encouraging as it as it could be. And I say that, and we'll get into the Saturday's game a little deeper here, but K-State was far from perfect oh, on far Saturday. Oh, far from, yeah, absolutely. But as apparent as K-State's mistakes is that K-State – looked like the better team. I mean, when you play a game in where in which you have muffed punts and Two of them, yeah. an interception that you fumble and uh, give the ball back to the other team and yet still find a way to win, I think that is about as impressive I mean, as it can be because you realize, oh, K-State's best game is far different than what we saw on Saturday, and yet we still went down into deep into SEC territory and walked away with a victory. Now, of course, Mississippi State was without some guys, but K-State was without some guys too. Um, and so you, you walk away from that game feeling very good about uh, the direction that Chris Kleiman has this K-State program going. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's you know extremely well said. Um it's a perfect type of game, obviously one that you win, but one that you have a, a definite checklist of things that you need to say, well, we need to work on one, two, three, and four. Got to figure out something in the in the punt return game, uh, some penalties that were probably a little bit, uh, well, just 
unforced errors, just late hits. Um, well, let's call it, I mean, it was Wayne Jones. Yeah. Uh, especially in the first half mm-hmm. on yeah. Saturday, uh, making some boneheaded plays. But, um, yeah, a lot of teachable moments. Teachable to, moments to put it, way to, to put it lightly. And when you get that in a game that you win, especially a game against a, a legitimate yeah. Power 5 opponent, then that's a good opportunity. I mean, a coach just has to really like that, okay, we got stuff to work on, and we still it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, let's go ahead and look back at this game here. So K-State, I think, played really some of the best defense I can remember seeing them play uh, in some in some time here in that first half, uh, as Mississippi State really didn't have much going uh, in that first half, except when K-State set them up with some short fields uh, based off of the fumbled punt and then um, also the end of the half where we set them up at about midfield pretty much with I want to say about a minute left, about 45 seconds to a minute left, and they were able to, to get a touchdown there on, on a deep ball to Osiris Mitchell. Great catch, by the way, uh, on his part. Uh, but K-State played really great defense, I thought, throughout this game, and we'll get on the defense here, uh, in, here in a little bit more. But in terms of what K-State did in that first half, I thought when you go into halftime only ahead 17-14, to 14, you think, man, we should be ahead by two scores, maybe even three. Maybe we should. Uh, Mississippi State shouldn't even have have any points on the board. But well, don't forget, K State went uh, had a turnover on downs there for yeah possession on the first too. on the so first possession down you, there. You walk away, you walk away from the first half thinking, you hope this doesn't catch up with us. Yeah, because like you said, I mean, I think that there's a tendency when you feel like you should be up more, you feel okay a lot of times. Yeah, but it's also that you're letting a team hang around, yeah. and a team that at halftime on Saturday that you know you're waiting for Mississippi State to get its act together and come out and look like the team that dominated us last year. And so sure. you're thinking, man, we really should have a two touchdown lead or a, a 17 point lead or whatever, because um, we might need it in the second half. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what I was getting back to is you know. I feel like we should be ahead by more here at halftime. But also, if you would have told me at 10 o'clock today that, hey, it's halftime, you're ahead 17 to 14. Right. I mean, do you take that or do you hit spend again, so to speak? And I'd say, you know, I probably would have taken that. Oh, of course. So, yeah. you know, uh, that's how I had to kind of look at it. Uh, things obviously missed opportunities uh, for, for K-State in that first half. But uh, going to halftime with, with a three-point lead – and then, um, you know, have a little bit of a tough time getting much going offensively uh, throughout that second half, albeit due to some of their own errors where they, I believe how many possessions offensively was it four or five in the second half uh, that K-State had uh, where they actually had, a, had an offensive series because, of course, with the kick return, which was a huge play, uh, that was a big factor in that as well. But K-State was taking on a little bit of water, uh, leaving the defense out there in a lot of tough situations. But uh, let's, let's look here, kind of let's just look overall at the defense. Um, as I said, I think this is one of the best defensive performances I've seen from a K-State team in, in some time. They were oftentimes put on the field in, in very tough positions, uh, giving up 
uh, either whether it's great field position for Mississippi State or having just gotten a stop and then having to go back out there, as they really did on all three of the, the turnovers that K-State had that day. Uh, talk about what you saw from, from K-State's defense and if you kind of agree with me that this is one of the better performances you've seen in a while. Oh, I was blown away by it. Um, especially because, you know, as you mentioned, Mississippi State had four more possessions in K-State in this game. And none of that was the defense. Oh, well, I take that back. The one fumbles. The fumble that happened on the interception. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was just... The defense was asked to do a lot in this game, especially down there. The, you know, everybody was talking about the heat. Sure, yeah. And that well, K-State had the conditioning to hold up. But um, they absolutely did. And it was mostly... I mean, it was just a group effort, really. I mean, especially what I was blown away by, especially in the first half, was the defensive line, um, especially without Wyatt Hubert. They were, for the first time this season, really starting to get into the backfield and impact uh, the quarterback and get some tackles for a loss and get some negative plays in there. Um, And so my star of the game goes to that defensive line, but you can't ignore the secondary either, holding uh, Mississippi State to only 150 yards of uh, passing, uh, 11 of 27 uh, for Stevens and Schrader on the day combined. Um, so just really shut down Mississippi State's passing threat. Uh, and then Kylan Hill, the much ballyhooed running back for Mississippi State, who ran roughshod over K-State last year, uh, they were able to contain him too. Uh, held him uh, to only 111 yards on 24 carries. He's going to get yards. Yeah. With in, but making him earn it... Uh, his longest run was 22 yards. I uh, don't think he really had a he, more than uh, a couple others that were real chunk plays, um, you know, gaining 10 or more yards. So K-State did a pretty good job, uh, well, much better job than last year for sure. Uh, that much can be said on keeping Hill in check. And I was more concerned about the wide receivers kind of going into to this game uh, from the K-State perspective with – uh, Osiris Mitchell, uh, you know, having a, such a big height disparity over uh, our defensive backs, I thought that if Tommy Stevens was um, was healthy, that he would be able to, you know, have a nice day through the air against us. And I don't think he was a hundred percent. Obviously, He's, he airmailed some. He airmailed some, and in case it was the beneficiary of uh, of two interceptions from him. Um, so with that being said, I thought that Mississippi State would have a little bit more success through the air. They didn't, and I think part of that is Stevens' ineffectiveness, just maybe due to injury or just plain ineffectiveness, whatever you want to call it. But I also thought the defensive line, as you mentioned, they were they were in around him all day. Very rarely did he have a, a real clean pocket to to uh, to throw from. Kyle Ball with a sack, Trey Deshaun with a sack. And K-State was mixing up, bringing in some different looks, bringing guys from different angles that I thought did a good job, not only with with uh, getting pressure on, on Tommy Stevens, but also uh, Garrett Schrader as well. Yeah, I mean, in the first quarter uh, of that game on Saturday, I think I remarked uh, to you or somebody else in a text that it looked like Phil Bennett was coaching the defense out there just yeah, because of all the 
blitzing um, that we saw. And as you watch the game develop, you I started looking at some of the blitz packages K-State was bringing. And, you know, if you're a quarterback playing this defense or an offensive lineman, uh, you know, trying to figure out who's coming and who's not, you have to have your head on a swivel because there's a lot of stunting involved. Um, there's a lot of guys showing blitz and then backing off. They're just doing a lot of things with the quarterback's eyes that have to make them feel very on edge with what's happening. And it's such a departure from the philosophy that we saw over the last, you know, throughout Snyder 2.0 in the bin but don't break, don't give up the big play. Uh, We're finally seeing a, a philosophy that is aggressive and is willing to take some risks as far and let the cornerbacks kind of be out on islands. And so you're putting a lot of faith into the secondary, but on the other hand, you're putting a lot of pressure on that quarterback to make good reads fast and get a good ball out. Well, uh, in K-State, like I said, this year we expected a little bit more of that, a little bit more man coverage, locking guys up in man, bringing blitzes from different angles. And so far, through three games, we've seen that, uh, more so than we have in years past. So definitely a welcome change uh, for, for K-State fans there. Absolutely. I mean, let's let's roll the dice on some because in the modern era of college football, you're going to give up some big plays. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be part of it. Yeah, a guy like, especially when you're playing a talented receiving core like Mississippi State, you know, sometimes you're going to get beat over the top, and we saw that in just before halftime on Saturday. But the idea is is that you take those risks because it's actually riskier not to take them, because otherwise you have teams just matriculate the ball down the field on you because you're not mixing it up at all. Mm-hmm. And so, and we saw K-State's defense just get pounded uh, like that in the past couple of years. Sure. And so it's a refreshing change to see K-State be aggressive on defense and, you know, get the quarterback on the ground by bringing some various uh, blitz packages. Well, let's uh, switch sides of the ball now to offense. K-State offensively, I thought, looked really in control of what they wanted to do. Uh Throughout the game, I mean, there were some, uh, like I said, in the second half, they they just weren't on the field a whole lot. Uh, But in the drives that they had in the first half, moving the ball really pretty well throughout. Uh, First drive, we we get down there, we we don't come away with any points. That was certainly a little disappointing just because of how well K-State moved the ball that first that first drive. But still seven plays, 48 yards. Yeah, but still still moved the ball well. Uh, K-State ran the ball. A four, a little over four yards of carry, which is going to lead me to my first question for you, uh, D. Louis, is did you expect K State to be able to run the ball uh, with consistency against Mississippi State, or were, were you at all surprised by the way K State ran the ball against Mississippi State, a big physical SEC defense? You know, not really. Um, in fact, I probably expected us to have a little bit more success. On I the knew ground. that you really liked that matchup for K State, but once you kind of got out there and saw it, you, it was it was about I mean probably a, a little under my expectations, frankly, just because that Mississippi State D line um, is so inexperienced, especially sure. with Autry yeah. um, held out for suspension. I I expected K State to have a little bit more success uh, in the ground game, and I think that. You know, reading some of the comments after the game uh, from the coaching staff, they had some room to work with on some guys who just were missing blocks. 
Um, and so I did expect K-State to have success. And in terms of, am I surprised that K-State ran for 146 yards on 35 carries because I expected it to be much lower than that? No. I. Uh, this is not the same front seven that we saw in, no. in Manhattan no. last year. Certainly not. And for us, I think our rushing attack has shown to be a little stronger than it was last year. Uh, and so, frankly, I expected us to have a little bit more success on the ground throughout the day. Well, with K-State running the ball, uh, James Gilbert was kind of the bell cow uh, for K-State this uh, this afternoon uh, as he ran for, for 59 yards on 17 carries, a three-and-a-half-yard average. I know that's your guy. You're a big fan of watching him run the ball. Yeah, well, crazy legs. Yeah, crazy legs uh, James Gilbert. So, thought he really ran the ball well. I thought... Jordan Brown ran the ball really well, too, as a nice change of pace. Um, you know, it's really the same thing you've seen from K-State uh, throughout the first three, uh, throughout the first two games before this one. And then, of course, this trend continues here against Mississippi State is that they're getting all, all sorts of guys involved in the run game um, with, with uh, James Gilbert, Jordan Brown, Harry Trotter, uh, Malik Knowles getting a couple in rounds, uh, as well as a Wyking Gill. I'm still waiting to see uh, – Youngblood get one of those. He rounds. will. I, I think that he'll be integrated more into the offense as the season. That's progresses. what I'm looking forward to. Uh, but also something to note: um, Skylar Thompson getting a couple design QB carries on Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that has only been, four carries for him. So nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing crazy, yeah. but something enough to keep the defense honest and keep him involved in the running game minimally. Um, but it was an interesting wrinkle to something that we hadn't seen uh, very much of throughout the first two games before this. Um, of course, Thompson was getting rushing yards, but those came mostly via scramble. Um, but on Saturday, we saw him pull one down and get a nice little gain um, where it was actually designed for him to be the ball yeah. carrier. Well, let's switch over to, to uh, the passing game. A couple drops still from, from K-State. Passing game didn't necessarily light anyone up. Uh, only 123 yards through the air for K-State. But it was efficient enough. It caught we, – we hit a couple nice, you know, seam routes with, with Lenners and with uh, Landry Weber down the seam. And then, of course, uh, the play-action uh, play action fake, uh, Thompson rolling out, drops one right into Schoen uh, for the, the go-ahead touchdown, the deciding score. I thought K-State – you know, when you look at Skylar Thompson's line, 10 of 18, 123 yards. Fairly Touchdown. pedestrian very, on its face. Yeah, very pedestrian. Um, probably takes down his QBR rating quite a bit there uh, from from 99.9 or whatever it was before coming into the game. Uh, but very efficient. They're not asking a ton out of the passing game, but uh, made plays when need to. Absolutely, and also important, no interceptions. Yep, and so, keeping a hold of the ball. You know, it's, it's one thing if this was a, a game where K-State uh, just couldn't do anything through the air. Uh, the thing is, K-State didn't really try to do all that much through the air in this game, and they were hampered a little bit uh, with the drops, as you mentioned. Uh, but what they, what they tried to do tended to work in principle. I mean, when a pass is dropped, you're, you're doing 
it's not a bad play call, is my point. No, it's yeah. just execution. Yeah, and so, uh, room to grow there, but the theory is good. And getting back to that touchdown uh, pass to Schoen off the play action, man, that is what, that's the culmination of this offense. It's you pound them, pound them, pound them. You get everybody's eyes worried about James Gilbert, who, uh, who's already had, you know, you, they, 12 You, you get him focused on his crazy legs. Yeah, you, 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 you hypnotize him with those legs. But then you fake it to him, and you have shown just with a force field around him. Nobody's even close to him. It's, it's an easy pass to make, and it's set up because those uh, linebackers and safeties over on that side of the field just bit on the play fake, and by the time they realized it was a fake, they were pot committed, but it was just too late. Yep. And so it, I loved it. It's just, it's just such... As I've been saying it all season so far. It's such an intuitive offense. And if you can have a good enough running game to make defenses worried about it, then this is the offense that you have to run. Any, anything else is just extraneous. And so I, I, I'm very pleased uh, with the direction I see our offense going. I'd like to see our receivers you know, help out and pitch in a little bit and not... Sure. Waste opportunities, but, um, you know, and if that's a season-long, if that's something we have to deal with this season, kind of like we did in 17, as we talked about yep. a couple weeks ago, yep. then that's something we have to deal with. But it's, that's something that you just have to do. That's something that you have to just swallow. But I, I like our offense philosophy. I think it's the best way to do it. And I was uh, generally pleased with the performance on uh, on Saturday. Tough Not with, Notwithstanding the, I mean, we didn't put up eye popping numbers, but you have to remember, short fields and uh, just weird luck with kickoff returns and turnovers for special yeah. teams, and so uh, no offense was going to put up crazy numbers on Saturday. And that's where I want to transition to here next, and that's special teams. So. Uh, two more muff punts uh, for K-State, uh, Seth Potter and uh, Jordan Brown, uh, the guilty parties there. But also, the play that won us the game. It, 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 well, maybe not the play that won us the game, but I thought the most important play uh, for us to win the game. Yeah, I mean... The, the kick return. Absolutely. I mean, that's the one that... We were leaking water there. Yeah, man. we were definitely taking on some water, and you knew at that point it was going to take two scores to win the game if we were going to win it in regulation. Um, and you felt like, man, if we go three and out here, we're we're, we're in real trouble. We're real trouble. And so, uh, you're right. That was the most important play. So I want to get first your thoughts on if you have any thoughts to just I, I don't know what your thoughts might be on this, but on the punt return. Game. On the punt return side of things, what's? I mean, it, it, to me, it's the simplest, just execution. I don't, and I, I'm probably making it too simple. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's some I, weird situations, partially blocked punts, and up backs being. I mean, Jordan Brown's not in there to field the punt. Exactly, and the, that's what my biggest thing is: is Philip Brooks uh, did not. You know, he, he was fine. And he shows a little bit of wiggle once you get on the ball. Yeah. But is it something as simple as eliminating the up-back that maybe quells some of this? Or, you know, what is it? 
I mean, honestly, I think it's. I think it's, I think it can probably be chalked up to two freak plays. Yeah, that's where, right, and that's what I get at. Too. I mean, if teams are intentionally punting it up to our up back, then deal. Like if they, if they want to short leg this punt 25, 30 yards, then okay, <laughs> and challenge us. And if if it becomes a situation where guys can't call fair catch on punts or they're drop they're muffing punts and it continues to be an issue, then yeah, well, let's figure something out. But given the the tipped balls off the punter's foot, I I, I really just am comfortable just. You know, saying do better next time. Yep, that and that's kind of where I'm at too. I I just don't think that there's, I don't think it's as simple as saying, oh well, we need to find new guys back there to to handle those duties. Um, I did find it interesting that Jordan Brown didn't handle the next one, and but but that Seth Potter did or Seth Porter did. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't love the idea of putting. Um, I mean, maybe it's as simple as. Jordan Brown was going to be the primary back in the next series. Could have been. Yeah, and I know that that sometimes coaches don't like to use running backs or receivers on special teams because you know it's worn down. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe it's something as simple as that. Maybe not. Um, Maybe it's just wanting to rotate another guy in. Maybe it's discipline. Who knows? Um, But regardless, I'm. It's not something I'm too worried about in the future. I don't know. I, I, I just think it's, I don't want to say bad luck, but just something that's not likely to happen all that often. I, I, I think I'm comfortable just saying it is bad luck. Yeah. So uh, I'm with you there. Now for the kick return. Uh, Malik Knowles, a little hesitation, then makes cut, and, and it is off to the races. I think we both, when we were uh, rewatching this, I think we had the same reaction. It's like that looks a little bit like Byron Pringle with those long strides. Yeah, he's uh, he is pretty fast <coughs> in the open field, and uh, maybe the beneficiary of uh, blocking. The yeah, back. So Mississippi State fans might have some disagreement. Yeah, that, uh, but there are no uh, penalties on that one. But you know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of dark places out there on that football field that you can get away with stuff. Um, and so I'm not I'm not giving that one back, but um, no I, I I like him back there I think he's dynamic I think he's got good vision it, I thought it was a good vision on that return on Saturday and so and he's got the speed to cash it in so beautiful. Well, it was a huge play I think the biggest play of the game for K State as they were able to get a 31 to 24 win over Mississippi State. Uh, last Saturday, and they go into a bye week here at 3-0, and ranked number 25 in the coaches' poll, yep. absent from the AP poll. That's right. I uh, It was the triumphant return of, I got to fire up the old... The algo. The algo. I put some gas in it, greased it up, and it spat out a couple of, uh, a couple of AP voters who deserve some recognition, and they were uh, duly recognized on Sunday afternoon. Take it to task. But, uh, no, so it's nice to see, though, that, that we're not crazy here, that this this is being recognized across the country as something's going on here in the Little Apple, and maybe this Chris Kleiman guy, maybe there's something to him. Well, I think that uh, there's definitely something to him. I, I th- agree. I think that there's a lot to him, and I will be the first to admit that I 
wasn't necessarily crazy about it. I was going to give him a chance. Uh, kind of had to twist my arm a little bit to do it a little because uh, I had my sights set elsewhere for K-State, but uh, that didn't work out. And as of now, we're three games in, and he hasn't lost yet. Will he ever lose? Hard to say. Who's who's really to say? Who am I to say? But I'm with you. I I was very dour about the uh, about the hire. I don't think I hid hid my feelings too much about it. I thought, who's this FCS dud who's going to come in here and try to coach a Big Twelve team? But happy to be wrong. And I I'm I mean he's got a lot of K State coaching left in his future, and I don't want to make any grand proclamations yet. But so far, I mean, he can't be doing a better job. And I like his – I like everything. I'm in. I like how eager he is to, um, you know, show off the team and be a balance a little bit about being a player's coach while also, you know, being reasonably tough. He's not crazy out there. Yeah. But um, – I like his presence on the field. I like what he says in press conferences. I thought it was interesting hearing him say that we're the better team uh, at halftime on Saturday. Um, just contrasting him with Snyder's just night and day in terms of, you know, tone. And so I'm all in. I uh, Whatever reservations I had about Kleiman before the season and even last week, they're gone. They're this, gone. One, this one absolutely won me over. I think there's a lot of K-State fans that would agree with that, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm there with you. So, uh, like I said, as an impressive three-game uh, start for his K-State coaching career, as you could possibly ask for, as K-State moves to 3-0, as they start Big 12 uh, play next week against Oklahoma State, uh, coming off a 31-24 victory over the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Starkville. Uh, so that will do it for the Mississippi State uh, review portion of the podcast. Uh, no game preview here uh, with K-State on by, uh, but we will be back after a short break uh, to highlight another in the long line of Wildcat legends. Answer your questions and ask the icon. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of the Short Side Option podcast where we are getting ready to do uh, a segment we like to call this week's Wildcat Legend. And I come before we do that, though, uh, I'd like to tell our listeners that this week's Wildcat Legend is brought to you by our friends out at Assurance Exteriors. Have hail damage? Go ahead and give our friends at Assurance Exteriors a call. Assurance Exteriors is a reliable, locally owned and operated company that is here to bring out the best in look, feel, and function of your property. Make Assurance Exteriors your home exterior and roofing contractor and let them provide you with the services you need to make your home look its best and operate the way you want against all the elements. Assurance Exteriors has the competence, skill, tools, and expertise to provide repairs, remodels, and replacements that can improve the look and value of your home. If you give our friends Assurance Exteriors a call, Icon, guess what? What? What's that? If they mention Short Side Option Podcast, You'll get a free project and consultation estimate. How about that? How about That's all you have to do is just mention the Short Side Option podcast. Yeah. Get a project and consultation estimate. For whatever it is. For whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. But, uh, yeah, give our friends at Assurance Series a call and they'll get you set up. Now, 
Let's get into this week's Wildcat Legend. And Icon, this week's Wildcat Legend, we're highlighting a wide receiver. Okay? He wears number five. And I know, there's a lot of wide receivers in case This could go a number of ways. Well. Is it Quincy Morgan? Maybe. Is it James Terry? Could be. Could be somebody else? Broderick Smith, maybe? Was he number five? Yeah, I think he was. I think he might have been. But uh, to answer your question, no, it's none of those guys. It's Oh. It's Ernie Pierce. Oh, Ernie. Ernie, yeah. My Uncle Ernie. Yeah. Ernie Pierce from National City, California. Went to high school at Sweetwater. Played Juco ball at Santa Barbara City College out in California. And it was there where Ron Prince and company found him. Uh, Ernie Pierce had a storied career at Kansas State. Uh, played two years for the Wildcats, receiving balls from uh, Josh Freeman. And uh, in total, 483 yards with 33 catches in 20 games. Uh, in 2007, his first year, six receptions for 59 yards and two scores. 2008, 27 receptions for 424 yards and three trips to the pay dirt. And, um, man, that uh, Oklahoma game, 2008, October 25th. I mean, what else needs to be said? 28-28. 28-28. Yeah. That was actually a really fun game for a half. It was wild, man. <laughs> that was a really fun game for a half. I mean, you've got Oklahoma coming in as – at this point, you might have them up there with like the best offense at that time, best offense in college football history. Yeah, I mean that's in this era where the best offense in college football history it, it happens every other. Well, it's Oklahoma yeah. just every other year. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's, it, it's you know that twenty. Uh, so that would have been two thousand seven. Is that what you said? Or two thousand? Uh, this would be two thousand eight. So if I remember right, you have Demarco Murray, uh, Chris Brown. Um, obviously, Heisman winner Sam Bradford back there calling the shots. This is an offense that is as high octane as it gets. And for half, K State went toe to toe with him. Well, and a lot of that was because of uh, Ernie Pierce. Um, Ernie on the day, 11 receptions for 176 yards. Can you believe that? I, I guess, can. Guess what? He also had a solo tackle in that game. Uh, maybe an interception <laughs> and it goes back the other way. Yeah, that happens. I forget what happened. Maybe they threw him in at free safety. But you know, uh, or maybe threw him in on a well. That they would they only reserved that for quarterbacks throwing on the hands team there. But uh, oh yeah, that's right. But uh, that speaks to his versatility. Exactly. And you know what else speaks to his versatility? What he's doing today. Because icon. Uh, Ernie's a two sport athlete now. Because he's on the pit crew for the NASCAR. For the net. He's on the pit crew for the NASCAR. Well, which uh, which team's he on? Um, you know, hard to say. Well, it looks like he's on the DeWalt. And I know I don't think Matt Kenseth is uh, driving the seventeen DeWalt anymore. I think he's packed it up. But that's a great guy to have. You know, when you this is a guy that can do anything. Can he can he beat you on a slant? Yes. Of course. Can he catch a jump ball? Yes. Can he change your tires? Of course. Bet your ass. <laughs> Bet your ass. He, he can do it tires. all. This is a guy that, that does it all and has done it all for 
you know, uh, as long as he's been, uh, uh, you know, of course did it on the, on the field, on the gridiron for Kansas State, and now is doing it uh, down on pit row. Yeah, and we couldn't be prouder of him. Uh, he's doing a great job. Um, so whether it's on the turf or on the asphalt, Ernie Pierce will forever be remembered as a Wildcat legend. All right, Icon, and now for our uh, final segment on the show. Um, it's a segment that uh, has become immensely popular. Many people are talking about it every week. Um, and it's a segment where our listeners can ask you a question. In fact, it's a segment called Ask the Icon. And folks, if you've never heard this show before, welcome. But uh, there's a chance for you to interact with the Short Side Options' very own guru. Chris the Icon Sork. And let me tell you folks, this guy knows all sorts of things about college football, and K-State in particular. Um, and he'll, any question you have, he'll answer it. So just go ahead and go buy a postcard at, at a gas station and uh, drop it at our door. Right, right, your question yeah, that, on it. We'll, yeah, that's We'll fine. pick it right up. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll read it right here on the air. And, uh, or... There's other ways you can reach us, too. Um, one of those ways is via Twitter. Um, you write, you just, at TSSO underscore podcast, or you can use the hashtag AskTheIcon, and that's there's that's another way you can reach us. But uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, first question comes from listener Tyler H. at TH8 underscore. Tyler writes, Icon. The wife and I live in rural north central Kansas, outside of Ione. Outside of Lonia? I'm not sure. Oh, all right. Maybe it's Ionia? Hmm. Uh, anyway, he lives in north central rural Kansas with limited internet streaming speed. He wonders how can we best watch the Oklahoma State game? The kiddo Brixton has a soccer game at 2.30, so we can't make the drive out to Stillwater. Well, that's a bummer, because I think there's going to be a lot of KC fans there make the trip to Stillwater. It's a fun trip. I've made the trip several times. Uh, every time I've gone to Stillwater, I've had a great time, and also every time I've gone to Stillwater, uh, KC has lost. So I will not be making the trip this year, not because I believe in superstition, but just because I'm not able to make it. Sure. Got other, i got other things cooking that weekend. That's fine. But... Um, well, at least as of now, I'm not making it. So we'll see. But uh, the best way for you to watch it is to fire up that uh, that that PC, your personal computer, and uh, get ESPN Plus, which cost now Drew, you're a subscriber to ESPN Plus. I have been for a long time. Well, it, it's, for a few it, months. It's a pretty it's a pretty quality product. It's where I watch all my UFC fights. You're into it. Oh, I can't get enough. You're into it. And uh, they've got all sorts of great programming. I think they have uh, an archive of the 30 for 30s that are, are disposable for you. Of course, you know, people like uh, watching. They also have a couple baseball games on there uh, every now and then. Tennis, which, is, of course, I'm a big fan of. But uh, they've got all sorts of programming available there. Uh, of course, uh, the Miles to Go series. Which is... Uh Good television. It is. It's very good. I've watched four episodes so far, and it it's quality stuff. So you have to. Uh, it's f- five bucks a month. Yeah, five bucks a month, 
and you know you're able to subscribe and unsubscribe if if you so choose. But there's gonna be a lot of K State on ESPN Plus. I don't know for the rest of the football season, uh, but for the basketball season that was re- uh, the basketball schedule, conference basketball schedule that was released today, uh, there are gonna be several games on ESPN Plus. So if uh, if you want to watch K-State, uh, that's going to be the best way to do it. Yeah, sounds like we don't really have much of a choice here. Um, in addition to our cable packages, we're just going to have to pay about, I don't know, 40 bucks a year uh, to watch uh, K-State sports. So, uh, Because what is it? 40, is it 40 bucks annually? Five dollars a month. So don't quote me on that, but I'm not you, get a bit sure. of a, you get a bit of a discount for the annual subscription. Uh, but... Good luck to your game. Uh, good luck to Brixton and his game, Tyler. And we'll move on. A similar question from listener Steve Dave at Steve Dave KSU. Steve Dave asks, D. Louis, an icon. How many people do you think we can get simultaneously logged into my ESPN Plus account before the FBI gets called? You know, that's a great question. And I have a backstory on this too, by the way. So I'm going to ask folks to remember back about a decade ago, about uh, 2010, where K-State was playing some games, I think, against Colorado, for one, and maybe against North Texas, uh, that uh, football games that were not on cable television. They were on exclusively ESPN3 at the time, was what it was called. It was called ESPN3. Mm-hmm. Watch ESPN is what it's referred to now. But that was... A big deal because a lot of people weren't familiar with this at all. It was, you know, different than it is now. But there was a uh, many college football fans had the same issue where they like, I don't know how to watch this. I don't know what I'm doing when my teams suck on ESPN three. How am I going to watch it? Well, there was a uh, a message board poster for Florida State that gave everyone his login. Um, his his, his credentials, his, his over credentials. On, on warchant.com or yeah, whatever it yeah. used to be. Yeah, and you could watch your team using his credentials. And so that's a really great, great question because as far as I know, it always worked for me whenever I used it. And there had to be, I'd say hundreds maybe, of users of that username at one point or another that have used it. So to Steve Dave, I'd say the best way uh, – I mean, I guess the only way to find out is just by getting everyone on there. Yeah, you know? the limit does not exist. So I, I, that's a great question, but I, it takes me back to those days where uh, everyone's kind of here scratching their head exactly how this how this thing's going to work. And uh, Man, some, some sure hero there, at uh, War Chan Illustrated was able to h- hook us up. There, I'm sure, were some great scenes across the state of Kansas during that Louisiana Lafayette road game because oh, I know yeah, that, that was, was a, that was another one that was that was oh nine but I, I remember um, I, I at remember. a college house just all of us trying to figure this out and it was quite a sight. Well, I remember for that game I was uh, I was just listening to it on the old on the old radio just over the airwaves just that's only a decade ago. Letting man. Stan and Wyatt take you home. Uh, that, they did a great job. So give give Stan and Wyatt a listen. There I mean, you go. If, if worse comes to worse. All right, we have a three and out here from listener Epp. Oh, Johnny underscore yeah, Epp. The shoe gets put on the other foot here. Yep, so get ready. These are all, uh, you know what? These are all epi- These are all yes or no questions with the exception of one, and he asks okay. for a number. Okay. says, hello, Icon. Long time, long time. A few questions. Are you ready? First down. If the Cats win a ship, 
with Kleiman. Will you rename the podcast to Agap Power? That's tough. But I have to say no. All right, because we've we've already built this, you know, the, very the brand. strong brand. Yeah, and also the the thing is though, Agap Power is good good name for. I mean, if we were starting this podcast this year, sure, absolutely. But, and this is just my opinion. There's nothing more beautiful to the eye than a properly ran short side option. I know the Agap Power is great and all that stuff, but a nice option the short side of the field. It's poetry in motion. Pure poetry in motion. Absolutely. All right. Second down. How many times have you watched the helicopter hit? Well, so when I mentioned the play of the game uh, was the Malik Knowles kick return. I, I did, I said that with the helicopter hit in mind. When you think about iconic. That's exactly the word I was going to use. K-State hits. You think of one for me. Uh, well, there's... But there's variations. Couple. There's variations I'll, of this. I'll give you two. I think there's we, two we have, that stand above the rest. And, we, and I know where you're going to go with this. Okay. We got the Mario hit at the Cotton Bowl. Oh, okay. I was going to go with a different one. And the uh, Wegner sandwich. Yes. What was the third you were... I was going to go with the Oaks sack of Eric Crouch. I'm going to stretch this out to four. Okay. Because you have the... And the sack. Yeah, which was completely clean. The clean sack. And then the other one that always kind of sticks out is the Nile Wyron. Oh, yeah. Uh, body slam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah t- probably closer to belly to back suplex um, of the Iowa State, I believe, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. But move over because we have a new entry, and that's. That's poor old so how many, Schrader. And so, so what was... Uh, the question point? was, how many times have you watched the helicopter? Oh, we're probably at 100 because there have been... I mean, obviously watched it live, and they've replayed it several times there. And then... Um, all the memes. And then all the memes uh, that have came out and, and the gifs. They're gifs. I'm just pulling your leg there, D. Louie. But uh, all that, and there's been some fun ones. So uh, it, it's... a. Uh, and one, you know, I have to. I'm gonna just go ahead and say this too. I give a lot of credit there to, to Mr. Schrader. Is he? Uh, he left it all out there that day. Yeah, he did. You know, at first I was like, oh well, he did. It reminded me at first when I watched it of that guy for UCF. Yeah, the dive. <laughs> the guy who dove out of bounds and wasn't within. The guy striving for five the first yards. down, but it was just five yards short the first. But time. I think unimpeded. I think he may would have been a little he would have, short. He, he would have been very close, though. But it would have been close. Because I looked at it the other day. He would have had to jump, like, six yards in the air yeah, uh, doing that. to make it. And that's farther than it seems. Um, I'm no math expert, but I think that's roughly 18 feet. Carry the seven, yeah. That's yeah, right. And so, it um, would have been hard. But, yeah, hat tip to him. It was a hell of an effort, and... Would have got pretty close, so yeah, he ended up being a yard short, but um, incredible play and incredible effort. All right, now third down. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Yeah, sure. All right, put put it on. I I love pineapple. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it on. Yeah, I mean that's it's not fine. Funny. If you if you want to have it on there, go ahead. Yeah, I won't stop you. Neither will the icon. 
No, certainly not. All right, next question comes from listener E underscore S for KSU. His at is the same. He asks, Icon, as you are aware, the Wabash is considered the best pregame tradition in the Big 12. If the chant were to take away this tradition, what would take its title as the best pregame tradition in the Big 12? He's going to listen off the air. Oh, the chant would. No, he's saying that no Wabash, no chant anymore. Oh, the chant's he's also... basically gone. asking what's the best. Oh. I, as far as I can tell, he's asking what's the second best tradition in the Big 12 minus the Pre-game. Wabash. Pre-game. Pre-game tradition. Yeah. Well, that makes it a little tough. Because I don't know what every school's big pre-game traditions are. There's really only um, one that stands out at this point, I think. I think that uh, down in Norman, though no, the the schooner. Yeah. Is there anything else that even? I, well, I know that uh, Texas Tech has the Mask Raider runs runs oh, out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna go with the Mask Raider. All right. But that's. Uh, I don't know, man. That's that. That'd be a, doesn't hold a candle to uh You know, we really lost a lot with the exit of Ralphie. Mm. You know. Mm-hmm. We sure did because and the tunnel walk too. I guess if if you're a Nebraska dork, because people talk about oh the tunnel walk, oh let us pray, Chicago Bulls, yeah. Which let us pray. The uh, the Allen the Allen Parsons project. They that is that the only song they've ever put out that's the the series. Are you asking if Alan Parsons project has a bunch of other great songs? No, it's, it's, that's the only one I've ever heard of. Oh, man, okay. you gotta... I get, let, listen to this album I got tonight, because some of some of their later work kind of gets a little derivative. Yeah. But, man, in those first couple albums, the Alan Parsons Project... Unbelievable. Some real hidden gems in there. You know, a lot of people only know, you know, their mainstream stuff. stuff but but you're, you, you, you know a lot more. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm anxious to hear that. Um, but in any event, Master, Master Rider, is that what they call it? I believe so. Ma- the Master Raider. Maybe. Master Raider. Maybe. Um, Who knows? But the, you know, the, the folks that, or the person that, because I don't even, it's, I think it sometimes is a woman. Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a lady out there. Um, and so, I, is it a Raiderette? I, I don't know what the proper terminology is, but... Either way, it's cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll cool. go with him. All right, next question comes from Mr. Ryan Moss at Powercat Ryan. Ryan asks, can you re-rack the Big 12? All right, that's question one. He has a few here. Okay, so he, oh, he's got multiple. So re-rack, I mean, I assume he means just kind of go through like what yeah. your power rankings would be. Well, got to have OU1. Oh, some trepidation here. I got to have Texas too. Okay. I think they're better. But they have a loss. I mean, I'm not. I don't look at it as binary as well. Who's got wins and losses? But I, I leave it pretty much the same as kind of what I as kind of what I've, I've had it. I'd go. I move K State ahead of Baylor at, for the time being. Although I do think so. So rank me out here. We got OU, OU number Texas, one, Texas, Texas three. So in the Big Twelve, here's how I have it so far. I've got K-State at three. I've got Oklahoma number one, Texas two, K-State at three. I'm going to go Baylor four. I'm going to go Oklahoma State five, Texas Christian six. 
Iowa State seven. How about that? Uh, and uh, eight. Eight. I'm gonna go with Texas Tech. Nine. West Virginia. Ten. KU. Yeah. So that's got a long way to get there, but um, that's a good question. I don't want to take too much into these first couple weeks. I don't see a whole lot of difference between three and eight, like I've seen. Like I've uh, actually, I don't see, I see a whole lot of difference between four th- and eight. I was gonna say three and seven. Yeah, you're you got K State well on the, in the top top tier. Well, I got. I just think Texas is a lot better than uh, Iowa State, so I would have, oh. I would have three in its own category. You so know? you got K State too. Brother, hey, I'm not. I'm not knocking it, man. I was that close. Why do you think I got him at two? Number one, who's Oklahoma beat? Has Oklahoma gone on the road? Yeah, and beat a SEC team? No, nope. I don't think so. They haven't. It's a good point by you. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Next question comes from listener Trim at Trimgo Ema. Trim asks, Icon and Drew. What sort of celebration should be done at Fatty Fest if or when it's confirmed we've hit the fundraising goal? Um, assume it is realized Saturday night in Auntie May's after a lot of packing. I'd say the only way to celebrate a, uh, a great achievement like that at Auntie May's is ordering a couple of rounds of kamikaze shots for everyone. I think so, too. Maybe some three wise men. Yeah. Uh, this is a chance to remind you that Fatty Fest is this Saturday. Uh, in Manhattan. It's a great event. Um, check it out. It's a lot of fun uh, and supports a great cause. So go on ahead and uh, get out there and celebrate a great K-Stater and a great cause yeah, with if a bunch you're, of other great If you're in, if you're in uh, Manhattan, definitely go check out this event. If you're able to make it, unfortunately I'm not able to this year uh, for the second straight year, which is really unfortunate, uh, that Go out and, and give uh, give some time. Go celebrate it. What is a great cause? They're very close. They're reaching their goal. Of, I believe it's a hundred thousand uh, dollars for for the donation rights uh, to get your name on there. They're they're going to get there. Uh, so go enjoy a great time. Uh, should be a lot of fun. If you're not able to to make it like me, uh, go to. Uh, what, do you have the website, Drew? I uh, sure do. It's fattyfund.org. It has uh, the whole schedule for the weekend and uh, all the information you need there. Again, that is Fatty Fund, F-A-T-T-Y-F-U-N-D dot org. And that's your uh, where you need to go to learn all about the event. They and, take uh, credit card, debit card, PayPal, all sorts of things. That's so right. They'll get you taken care of there. And like I said, it's a great cause. Uh, definitely encourage everyone to help out any way they can. And also get some of those kamikaze shots down there in Ani Mays. Absolutely. Uh, our next question comes from listener Joey Kenny at jkenny1987. Joey asks, Hey Icon, with the Cats rebounding, the Jayhawks thumping BC, and the Chiefs having a cheat code at quarterback, has there ever been a better time to be a football fan in Kansas? Pretty good. That's great. Pretty good. That's a good point. I don't think there is. I think that's... Uh... Chiefs are rolling. You got a tough one this week against the Ravens. Uh, uh, and you're going to be there, right? I sure will. Um, be a fun game. It'll home opener for the Chiefs. Um, I think the Ravens will give them a good test. I think it'll be a good game. So, uh, great home opener for the Chiefs. All right. Next question comes from listener Mahomes Season. He's got a trio of questions as well. He is at KSU underscore funny 33. 
He asks, Hey Icon, how worried are you regarding the lack of short side option plays this year? Is this sustainable? I'm very concerned about it, to be honest with you. I'd like to see him mix it in. The defense won't be expected. It also gives us, you know, something to kind of, like I said, it's pure poetry and motion. Gives uh, the viewers, you know, great some great eye candy as they watch uh, K State as they as they make their way through this uh, through this 2019 season. So I'd like to see a short side option get mixed in there. We haven't ran the option period, even on the long side. No, I'd like to see a traditional option. We got a fullback in there. Mix in a triple option. Uh, maybe against Oklahoma State, uh, we, we rolled that one out. You'll have to see. All right. Second question. Is there a specific reason why the intro song for each podcast is the fantastic song Money for Nothing? Not hating, because I think it's fantastic. Just genuinely curious. That's a great question. And I don't know if we've answered this before or not, but uh, there is a reason. It's because I love the song. Yeah. And uh, it's, in my, for my money... For nothing. Ha. See what I did there? Uh, it, uh, it's the best guitar riff of all time. And uh, there's nothing better than a little dire straits to get us started here on the short side options. We you know, continue to discuss K-State sports with you folks. Uh, so no real reason in particular except that I really like the song and it's a great riff. And the final question from a home season. Do you have any good food recipes for snacking on while watching a Cats Away game? Uh, yeah, sometimes I'll uh, throw in to the crock pot a little pulled pork, um, which is very nice little uh, way to snack on uh, a whole day throughout college football. Oh, with game starting at 11 a.m., I get up a little bit early that day, make sure everything's good to go, throw a pork shoulder into the crock pot. What I like to do, and Drew, this is a recipe you gave to me, uh, throw in some, um, whether it's Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola, anything that's just not diet. Throw in some soda on it to give it a nice little broth. A little root beer. Root beer would work as well, of course. Um, anything, any you know, dark cola would be is what you're looking for, and uh, let it go for about depending on the size of the sh- uh, of the shoulder, seven or eight hours potentially, and uh, you know by noontime you're you're living right. You're living right. So maybe get up a little bit early or just preset it if you can, and away you go. There you go. And our final question this week comes from listener Steve Z. Uh, along the same lines, what does Coach K get a quick trip to snack on? Ooh, what do you think? What do you do? You like those rollers they have at Quick Trip? You know, I'm not crazy about all of them, but they're they're good in a pinch. I'm I'm crazy about all of them. Are you? Yeah. In fact, I was at Quick Trip this last weekend, and. Uh, they got a new thing on there. At least they had one. What? What? Go ahead. Tell me. Like a sriracha egg roll. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I didn't. Did I didn't part try it. Okay. They're they're jarring when you see them. These things look unlike any other egg rolls you've ever seen. But uh, those are in my future. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try one eventually. But I but I love all those rollers, man. Well, the folks at Quick Trip they push the edge of exploration. On the roller frontier, uh, they're, they're always at the leading edge of that, and I expect big things from them as, as the we push the edge of what? The innovative frontier. Oh, oh I, I thought you said expiration. No, well, I think I said expo- 
Exploration. I think okay, I said exploration. I, I thought you were saying that. No, man, those I, things have been. Those things are out there for hours, and I thought, you know what, you might be right. Well, that that that, that also might be yeah. the case, but no, they're always in they're the on area. the cutting edge, man. They really are. But but what do you think, Coach Kleiman likes to? Uh, you know, I is, he, bet. is he getting a? Is he getting one of those taquitos? I'm thinking he's a steak and cheese taquito kind of guy. Man, those are pretty good. Those have the uh, different those kind of orangey looking tor- uh, tortillas around them. Oh yeah. Not to be confused with the corn looking tortillas they have around the, the chicken. Mm-hmm. You know. Tequila. Yeah, I think I think he's going with steak and cheese. Seems like a steak and cheese guy. Well, there you go. Great questions. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this edition of the Short Side Option. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview uh, K State's conference opener as they go on the road to Stillwater. Uh, could be a matchup of undefeated teams. Uh, Texas has a big game, or Oklahoma State has a big game with Texas this weekend uh, down the 40 acres. So, really, you can see two ranked teams here. Uh, I don't think K State's going to do anything to fall out of the rankings, maybe even move up in the rankings uh, with a week off, depending on how some of the action around the top 25 goes. But it will definitely be an interesting matchup uh, as K State, I think I saw a stat, goes out on the road to start their conference season uh, for the. Sixth time in the last seven years. And those guys down in Dallas have it out for us. You kind of begin to wonder if they do, you know? You roll your eyes, but I that's that's very unfair. I don't know that starting conference season on the road is any... Like, you got to play the road games at some point. I don't know what significance starting on the road has. Um, but, yeah. yeah I'm the first one... Don't get me wrong. I'm the first one to get miffed by perceived slights to K State. This doesn't set off. But your this radar. one doesn't really set. I mean, we got to play four or five road games every year anyway. It just I, it doesn't really bother me whether they're. It seems like we started out at Oklahoma State a couple years too. I know in 2015 we did. We didn't in 17. No, we didn't in 17. I know we started out there in 2015. I'm pretty sure. Um. Anyway. Stillwater has not been a great place for K-State over the years. I did win there back in 2017. First time we've won there since... 99. 99. So, it's not been a great place for K-State, but K-State's got... They've been some great games. Yeah, they've all... And they've 03 all been. was a great game. What, was it next time 07? Um, that barn burner with uh, Freeman and company. Um, yeah. Or, yeah, it would have been yeah. 07 because Jordy had a... Had a big game. Yeah. And then... Uh, 11, of course. 11. Another... Great game. Yeah, I that, mean the game. The games there. have been, and every game has came down to pretty much the wire. I don't recall fifteen. Fifteen was when Joe Hubner goes out. They get an extra down. Cody Cook comes in and runs wildcat the entire game. That's right. Much, plays that was a good game and as then, well. And then Hubner re-enters the game after just getting his clock cleaned. Uh, after Cook leaves with an injury, Hubner comes in, leads us on a. Uh, a go-ahead drive only to have um, Oklahoma State kick a game-winning field goal. Well, I think 13 was all right, too. If I remember right, that was one of the games that Sams Sam's had a decent game in. Yeah, threw a couple really bad interceptions. <laughs> well, otherwise, yeah, he did okay. Yeah. Well, it was a, um, it, like I said, all these games in Stillwater have always been tight and well, in '99 was a crazy. Wasn't that the game that we had some 
Yeah, we fell down like 21 28 nothing. Yeah, right I think it was 21 nothing and we won 28 21. Is that about right? No, no, we scored like 44. Oh, really? Yeah, we, we, of... we blew them out. George Williams had a huge game. Okay, but that was that we stormed, we had to storm back in that. Yeah, we did, we did. And that was a good K State team, too. And uh, they got on the road uh, and were down heavily in about a blink of an eye and were able to fight their way back. But these games against Oklahoma State are always pretty tight. Uh, even the games in Manhattan last year was really the only game that's been where we've had some. I mean, there was really not a whole lot of doubt going in the final couple of minutes that K-State was going to win that one. So, be an interesting game. K-State's got two in a row over the Pokes uh, as they look to make it three in a row over Oklahoma State and get off to a 1-0 start uh, in the Big 12 Conference. So, we'll have that game previewed for you next week. And, uh, folks, thanks again for listening to the Short Side Option Podcast. Um, Drew, is there anything you'd like to say here before we wrap it up? Um, just like to give a big shout-out to uh, Assurance Exteriors. Over there, don't forget, mention short side option. They'll get you set up with a free consultation and estimate. That's right. Well, folks, thanks again for listening to the Short Side Option Podcast. We'll be back next week to talk a little bit about K-State versus Oklahoma State. Until then, go Cats.